Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. The Greg Kelly Show. Ooh. Hey, uh, I don't know if you remember, I was trying to not eat Doritos. You remember that? I was, uh, they're all over the place. We got a beautiful snack room and all kinds of uh, incredible, tasty, but horrific snacks. And uh, I almost succumbed to a bag full of Doritos. I have a weakness for the original Doritos, right? The ones that are not uh, the dip ones, not chili not barbecue-flavored, regular Doritos, all right? And I don't want to eat this stuff. I'm already feeling much better um, because I can feel it. My face is a little bit slimmer. Hey, do me a favor. Turn off the whatever the hell is going on over there. The um, I, My face is slimmer, all that stuff. It feels very, very good. But I was tempted today. And then I'm like, I can't do it. You know, I, why would I actually let this big, big company, Fritos, Mess up my life. It's not, that's not good. Nothing about it is good. And I decided I'm going to find out where Frito-Lay is politically. That'll give me yet another reason to not eat their damn food. Okay? And I did. It took about 10 seconds. Guess what? Frito-Lay is all over the Black Lives Matter movement. All right? In the midst of it all, they were putting out uh, all this imagery campaign about change and they're going to fight systemic racism. Yeah. Fritos. What the hell do they know about anything other than creating food that's bad for us and addictive? Okay. Same goes for Coca-Cola. Oh, by the way, and all these crummy companies. Now there are some companies that do this stuff, this virtue signaling, and I have no choice. I have to, when I got to go to Florida, I got to fly and I guess I got to take a Delta or whatever. And they're all doing this stuff. But that's kind of mandatory. I don't have a choice, all right? But I have a, we all have a lot of choices. And one of my choices is I don't have to eat Fritos. I don't have to eat uh, Jell-O pudding. I don't have to eat any of that crap. And multinational corporations, corporations in general, they want us hooked on their garbage. And here's another reason to not give them any business, quite frankly. Or it, this is not about a boycott. Quite, I don't want to be like one of those guys. Boycott them. No. Number one, they don't work. They really don't. This is more about a life change. And here's, for me, another motivation because and this is a this is Doritos and Fritos. Has that improved anyone's lives ever in, in the universe? No. I mean, they're delicious. They're fun, you know, but does it make life worth living? No, it actually can shorten your life. If you eat this junk, it will shorten your life. Literally, we can prove that. There's so much salt, so much artificial, who knows what. Look on the back of the damn package. It, it's, I mean, I know we all know this, but it's, this is a, I, for me, I needed a reminder. And now I've got my extra motivation, Doritos. <laughs> Woke Doritos and Fritos. Goodbye. Goodbye, snack foods everywhere. This is going to help me so much, I think. All right, watch this. You love our culture, but do you love us? Do you see us? Do you hear us now? We know you didn't listen. We sang songs and you didn't listen. I can't breathe. 
and in the fight against systematic racism and inequality, Doritos is committing to amplifying black voices so you can clearly hear us now. Hey, not for nothing. The reason why I didn't listen to you sing is because you stink at singing. Did you hear that one line? It was bad. Not a good singer. Um, Virtue signaling, shaming, shaming everybody. Do you hear us now? What is that supposed to mean? What is that supposed to mean? This overreaction to George Floyd. By the way, they move the proverbial needle. This is where society is now. This is where it all is. Anyway, another reason to not engage in corporate nonsense. I love it that WABC, quite frankly, compared to uh, a lot of other media companies, this is essentially it's – it's a first-class operation, but it's kind of a mom-and-pop operation. We don't have uh, – Corporate overseers. We've got one great big genius of a businessman slash philanthropist, John Katsimatidis, and his office is three flights upstairs. I mean, it's not like who the hell runs um, AB, uh, NBC Universal? Who's the guy in charge of that? Could you ever see? Right? Who is he? Where is he? She, her, it, where? Anyway, hey, so we know who the guy is who was the uh, hero sub- subway man, right? A 24-year-old Marine from Islip, Long Island, West Islip. His name is Penny. Is that right? P-E-N-N-Y? Okay. Well, in my book, he's a total hero. Uh, I've been on the train when there's a berserk character and you keep your head down and you hope it all goes away. Now, I've never been, honestly, I can keep my head down and monitor what the hell's going on. All right, I've done this before. I've got very good peripheral vision. And I'm no hero, but if somebody starts beating up on somebody, I'm not just going to sit there. I can't. I won't. You know why? Because I could not deal with the guilt. That's why. So much of what I do is to avoid guilt. I don't, not because I'm, I just don't want to feel guilty later. And sometimes you just got to like, okay, I don't know what the hell's going to happen here, but I know this. Uh, dead or alive, I would have a guilty conscience, at least about this. So this man steps in when uh, he's totally on a rampage in that subway car, hassling everybody, and he's, well, he's got to be, he's got to be subdued. And fortunately, there were three passengers. Now you could say, well, he didn't hit anybody. Apparently, he didn't stab anybody. Are you waiting for that to happen? You ever have a stranger get in your face and yell things? I mean, that's dangerous. That's traumatic. And uh, that's not allowed. That's not allowed. Here's Kathy Hochul, by the way. Uh, Look, I expect AOC and Jamal Bowman and Ayanna Presley, the bald congresswoman from Massachusetts, although I think she has an issue, so we don't want to say she's bald, but that's how you may, you know, that's, 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 it differentiates her, that's all. And one called this a lynching, the other called it a murder, the other called it uh, a genocide, you know, and and black people have uh, the right to ride the train. What are they saying? This is being on the subway while black. Like, that's you know, it's such a fashionable thing to say. It's a lie. It's inflammatory. And who's jumping in on the fun? Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul. Cut six. Three individuals holding him down until the last breath was snuffed out of him. I would say was a very extreme response. All right, Kathy Hochul. Huh? When's the last time you've been on the subway, huh? Your worship, huh? You're the queen of England now. I saw this woman at Belmont Racetrack. You know how many uh, security people she had with her? 87. She had state police. She had local police. She had county police. She had village police. 
She had undercover. She had this. She had that. And then got into a caravan of four SUVs that brought her to a helicopter. And you're going to sit there second-guess a United States Marine who has to take the F train. You can go to hell, uh, Kathy. You know, (laughs) that mediocre fool (laughs) from where the hell is she from again? Somewhere upstate. Somewhere way the hell upstate. All right? You know, in the country, maybe this looks really bad to you. In the real world, you know, no, we, we get it. New Yorkers get it. But you're throwing gasoline on a, on a flame. That's what you're doing. This is not leadership. This is somebody who wants to, um, well, rile people up, get a reaction. They do it so often now, and this is the way they stay in power. Isn't that uh, the opposite of what we want from leaders? Really bad. Hey, did you watch my Newsmax show last night? It is really breaking through. Now, look, there was a bit of an inflection point when Tucker took off. I've been doing this stuff for three years. But let's face it, we're on Channel 3000, and we're not as easy to find as Fox News. Well, people are seeking us out, and they're, and they're like, what the heck is this? Greg Kelly, where have you been all my life? And uh, and the rest, and Eric, and uh, Rob, and we're very proud over there at Newsmax, the content that's being put out. But last night, I had to raise some questions about something nobody else will touch. I don't understand why, but our generals are weak and frightened men. The generals and admirals who run the military are terrible, are the absolute worst. There are about four exceptions. Four. You can count them on four fingers, less than one hand you need for the good generals. They are so bad. And they're so, they're such, they're careerists, okay? They got to be generals by kissing ass. They're followers, not leaders. And they test the political waters every step of the way. So we're in a situation now where you have a a Navy sailor. And actually, forget the sailor for a moment. Did you know on an aircraft carrier right now, the USS Gerald Ford, they have such events as LGBTQ spoken word night. Spoken word LGBTQ WTF. Are you crazy? You are crazy. And unfortunately, this is where it's all coming out. The weakness of those some in uniform. It takes a very adventurous, gutsy person to join the armed forces at the age of 18, sometimes 17, 22. Okay? You do your time and you get out. Maybe you do 20, you get that one. But when you start doing 30 years, when you are that hooked on the bureaucracy on one organization, when you are in a profession where you can't make waves, you got to figure out exactly what the boss wants, and then you deliver. This is what you get. This is the mill. You lose Afghanistan, and damn it, you lose Iraq too. What do we get out of Iraq? So that maybe you've seen this by now. The non-binary sailor on the USS Gerald Ford. Uh, let's go. Cut 19. I was able to deploy on the USS Gerald R. Ford last fall, and the coolest thing I did on board was to be able to participate in a LGBTQ spoken word night, and I was able to read a poem that I wrote to the whole ship, and that was probably the culmination of the whole deployment. I really thought I was being punked, like this is some sort of elaborate prank, Uh, but it's not. That thing actually happened. That video exists. There was LGBTQ spoken word night on an aircraft carrier. Uh, I was on an aircraft carrier for a grand total of about nine months. 
it had its moments. It wasn't great. <laughs> no privacy. Imagine, um, imagine being at the office, right? Imagine working 12 hours a day, right? And then when it's time to go home, you actually stay at the office, okay? You actually, like, you go down the hall and you go into a little closet, and that's, that's where you stay. We had a, an expression, every day is Monday. Every day was Monday, and every day was the same. But actually, it had its moments. It was kind of, it was interesting. It was an adventure, but it was also brutally tough. And for uh, liberty and for, you know, recreation, what do we have? Occasionally, well, you had a gymnasium. You could work out. We, once every, like, three weeks, we had movie night, and uh, once every 30 or 40 days, we'd pull into port and watch out. <laughs> Port's a call, you know. Uh, but LGBTQ spoken word night? No. And we never had heterosexual spoken word night. I never got up on the uh, intercom. Si- you know what we had on the intercom system? Official business. Okay. <laughs> Captain Kelly, report to the CO. On the double. On the double. I heard that a lot. <laughs> But we didn't have uh, LGBTQ night. Now, listen to this. This is, where is he? Tommy Tuberville. I love this guy. He's a senator from Alabama. I think he was the coach at Auburn. Real big football guy. And I'm not a big football guy, but he's on to something here. Cut 20, please. He's talking to the chief of naval operations. This is the head sailor. Now, listen to listen to what we've all become here. Cut 20. I have a lot of problems with this video. This non-binary officer said the highlight of a deployment on the USS Gerald Ford was reading a poem to the entire ship. Admiral Gilday, have you seen this video? I have. I hope we train our officers to prioritize their sailors, not themselves. Did it surprise you that a junior officer says the highlight of her deployment, her first and the ship's first, was about herself and her own achievement? I'll tell you why um, I'm particularly proud of this sailor. Well, I stopped it right there. Particularly proud of the sailor and uh, he, she's experience on non-binary LGBTQ spoken word night. Now, if I'm the chief of naval operations and I find out about LGBTQ spoken word night on an aircraft carrier, the first thing I do is fire the skipper. Then I fire the skipper's boss. Then, uh... Well, I can't fire the Secretary of Defense. I guess then I, I sit there and hope that the Secretary of Defense doesn't fire me because my sailors are screwing around at night on an aircraft carrier talking about lesbian, bisexual, transgender, uh, IA plus nonsense <laughs> on the intercom. You think I could have grab the intercom and read a poem about the time I lost my you know what? Or the first time, no, it's the military. It's the United States military. It's supposed to be lethal. And oh, by the way, we wear a uniform, you know, unified, all one. We don't focus on the differences. We focus on what makes us one, like being an American. This is insane. And we are losing it, losing it fast. And I blame these weak men and some women who are generals and admirals. You know, you guys, you have, this scam is up. This men and women supporting the men and women. You have to support the men and women in uniform. You know what? You work for us. We respect service. We honor those who serve honorably. 
But this little scam time is up. I'll be back. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Actually, I've been hearing from some generals. How dare you? How dare you say something like that? Well, uh, I'm sorry. How dare you play this game? How dare you pretend that you are somehow above criticism? Uh, There's civilian uh, civilian authority. The civilians are in charge of the military. They'd like us to think the other way around. And a lot of other people do think the other way around. It does not work that way. They are subordinate to, uh, to us, quite frankly. We thank them for their service. Yeah, actually, you know, that's a controversial saying sometimes. Yeah, thank you for your service uh, uh, and do a better job, oh, by the way, because right now I think we're uh, 0 for 2 when it comes to wars, right? 0 for 2. I think we're doing something wrong. And these guys, you know what they're counting on? Oh, by the way, they're counting on you being intimidated by the uniform. And they're counting on you not saying anything and you feeling vulnerable and somehow like you don't have a say in it because you didn't serve in the military, perhaps. It doesn't work that way. And it's, that's why some of my favorite members of Congress, quite frankly, are those who didn't serve yet have the, the boldness and the integrity to call out the military when they screw up, which is a lot lately. People like uh, Matt Gates, people like um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Tommy Tuberville, we just heard him a moment ago. And actually, here, do we hear this next part? This is, I want to do one more thing here. Tommy Tuberville talking about what the hell is going to happen if we have LGBTQ plus night every other Friday in the military. This stuff adds up. Uh, Senator Tuberville from Alabama, cut 21, go. The problem that I'm having is the obsession with race, gender, sex. It's focused on self. It's not focused on team. And if we don't start building team... We have no chance to win individually in this country. We have no chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, you know who was really good on some of these issues? Before he went all woke and weird? Colin Powell. Before he was Secretary Colin Powell, before he was Mr. Republican voting for every Democrat he could find, he was actually a pretty damn good general and a New Yorker. More on that. More on a lot of stuff. I'll be back. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Uh, I know that this was a big story a couple of years ago, but um, it's firing me up all over again in a good, positive way. I told you I don't want to eat Fritos anymore. Uh, They're delicious, but don't do anything for you. Empty calories, just absolutely terrible. And uh, but they are addictive. I stayed away from them, but uh, it's tempting. And then I just found another reason to stay away from them. They're totally woke. Frito-Lay talking about Doritos weighing in on Black Lives Matter and systemic racism. You know, if you were really so concerned with black lives, maybe you'd stop making Doritos and all this crummy food that um, 
Well, it, it tends to be even more popular in the black community than in the white community. It's true. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. Actually, a bunch of great ministers in Washington, D.C. once gathered around. This is years ago. This is like 2008. And you know what they tried to do? They tried to sue Coca-Cola because of their sugary drinks were poisoning so many people. And you could say, come on, give me a break. Well, uh, uh, why the hell not? If Coca-Cola can weigh in on the Georgia voting law, I, I think people should weigh in on their crummy product. That doesn't help anybody. Hurts people. Mars Candy Bar. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm also a candy freak. Well, here's another reason to uh, not eat uh, Mars Candy Bar. Uh, let's see here. Mars. Mars. Okay. Let's see. Just a real quick. What, who do they they make? Uh, oh, Twix. Dog food. Um, right there, the, 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 <laughs> the brands are flashing so fast. They got so many. Stop it. Oh, shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They're gonna, yeah. All right, I got them. I got them. I took a cr- screenshot. They make M and M's. They make juicy fruit gum. They make Snickers. They make Twix. They make Hubba Bubba. They make Mars Candy Bar. They make Big Red. They make Aquarian Water. They make uh, Uncle Ben's. Although we don't call it Uncle Ben's anymore. We they make Skittles. They make Lifesavers. They make uh, Dove Soap Caesar. Some sort of salad dressing, Altoids, Three Musketeers. By the way, you don't need any of this crap. Is a Milky Way going to really enhance your life? No, it's going to clog up your arteries. What else do they make here? Tasty, Tasty Bite. Never heard of it. Um, man, they, they they got their beak and everything. All right. So now that you have some idea, or I have some idea who the hell they are and how 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 deep it actually goes. What do they stand for? Black History Month 2021, Driving Meaningful Change. This is on their website by Daryl Farrow. Who's Daryl? He's the head of Equity, Inclusion, and Diversity. Ooh, they don't call it DEI. They call it EID. Very innovative. In the world we want tomorrow, society is inclusive. February marks the observance of Black History Month across the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you know next month is uh, Gay Pride Month, right? <laughs> they are really going to turn that into Gay Pride Summer. Talk about didn't was it a Gay Pride Week and the Gay Pride Day? Hey, what do you realize that Pride is not a good thing, right? Pride, technically speaking, I think is a sin. You don't want to take excessive pride. Uh, you know, you were made that way. I was made straight. You may have been made gay. So what? That's a starting point. Yes, I know it was a shame that people were forced to hide in the closet and lead double lives and all that stuff. Uh, But it's not 1953 anymore, okay? Anyway, even the candy bar company is in on it. And they're not taking this crap down. They actually move the needle. And I, this is actually good for me, all right? I like it. I'm not going to eat that stuff anymore. I'm not. Uh, it's a total... Uh, Nope, nope, nope. I will be a bread and water man. No, I got to find some, but I'm not going to eat it. I'm just not. All right. Did the Colin Powell, all right. Remember when Colin Powell, well, he's dead now. And in the years before his death, he became a rhino. Uh, where is he being all rhino-ish? Do we have that? Um, where's the rhino-ish stuff? You guys didn't cut him being a rhino. No, that's him being good. Ah, here we go. Sorry. Cut 23. Cut 23. Will you endorse President Obama this race 
Well, you know, I voted for him in 2008, and I plan to stick with him in 2012, and I'll be voting for he and for Vice President Joe Biden next month. Powell announced he will vote for Clinton, reportedly saying she is balanced, she has temperament, and no matter what anyone says, she has stamina. I support Joe Biden for the presidency of the United States because those values still define him, and we need to restore those values to the White House. Ah, uh, Colin, you were so cool at one point, right? You were one of us, a New Yorker. We went to the same White Castle on Fordham Road. What did you become? Why did you go all woke and weird? Whatever. For most of your career, you were a straight-up guy. Four-star general. Back when America won wars. And here we are. Let's see. Uh, This is you in 1993. Remember Bill Clinton? Hey, man, when I come president, everyone's going to be able to serve. It doesn't matter. I have a friend, and he was gay, and he was in the, uh, he flew the Tomcat, I think they call it. He threw the Tom, he told me that, you know, it's like, he wants to be gay and wants to be, and wants to come out and tell everybody about it. All right. I see no problem with it. Well, the generals had a big problem with it. It's true. He had some, uh, uh, some ex-Navy guy who flew F-14 Tomcats who convinced Bill Clinton, day one, you got to let gays openly serve in the military. Colin Powell said no way, and there was a whole big brouhaha, and it took him a couple of months, but they came up with a reasonable compromise. You know what that was called? Don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. Now you got to tell. Tell her. You're fabulous. If you're fabulous, you got to get on the intercom on the freaking aircraft carrier and tell everybody. Don't ask, don't tell. What happened? Cut 24, please. Colin Powell speaking in July of 1993. At this point, he's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Cut 24. We are the best force in the world, and to be the best requires subjugating individual rights to the benefit of the group and the benefit of the team. Homosexuals over history who have been willing to keep their orientation private have been successful members of those teams. Congress and the courts have consistently upheld the unique circumstances of military service, and I believe the American people understand these unique circumstances and support them as well. Yep. Imagine that, subjugating individual rights for the benefit of the team, of the unit. Can you imagine that happening in America anymore, huh? 1993, damn. Suddenly that's 30 years ago. Sounds like another country he's talking about. General Colin Powell, July 1993, next, cut 25. In the military, we discriminate in many ways that would be absolutely unthinkable and unacceptable in civilian life. We have rules and regulations that are unique to our calling and could not pass any constitutional test if they were applied in civilian life. That's absolutely right. And you have to do it because, well, the mission is that important. For instance, you can't be in the military if you're too fat. They will actually kick you out. All right. If you if your hair is too long, guess what? It could get caught in stuff. You got to wear it a certain way or it's got to be short or else. Uh, these are, these make sense. And he just said it right there. You know, it's like, it's weird. It's like, you got to give up certain things during the military. Not anymore. And then they have, this is Harpy Daniels. No kidding. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to hear it, but I'll tell you what, what is happening. Go ahead and play it, please. Cut 22. What's your drink of choice? In the granny. I was going to say, just think, yeah. Okay. So you got a Navy lieutenant in his uniform. Keep going. And then... Regular looking dude and then changes into girls' clothes and is dancing around like a drag queen. And this is authorized by the Navy. 
authorized, and they're they're actually sponsoring it. That is what we call a what what they call a digital naval ambassador. Fabulous got twenty two. One more time. What's your drink of choice? A Negroni. I was going to say the same thing. Magliato. I'm not saying uh, this guy should walk the plank, all right? We don't like that, but uh, uh, discharge papers immediately and all up and down the chain of command. I mean, every single one, everybody who had a role in this, Secretary of Defense, certainly, Chief of Naval Operations, definitely, the Secretary of the Navy, of course, captains of most of the ships, sorry. Hey, what are we going to, what's going to happen if we get rid of all these guys? Are we going to lose another war? Uh, well, we're going to lose another war anyway, so let's at least try to fix the damn situation, huh? All right. Hey, Prince Charles is going to be King Charles, or isn't he already King Charles' coronation tomorrow? Eh, good for them. Knock yourselves out, Brits, the British subjects. I heard somebody say this the other day. I think it might have been O'Reilly. You know, in America, we're citizens, but in the UK, you're subjects. Subjects of the king. Oh, subject, right? Subjected to. Subjected to what? Thank God for our Bill of Rights. Thank God for the Constitution. I'm telling you, I'm memorizing that thing backwards and forwards. And I'm actually going to have to get a hard copy. The other day, I went looking for the Bill of Rights. Guess what? It wasn't, it wasn't immediately findable. It took a little uh, digging. Can you believe that? The National Archives, you know, they keep this stuff. That's the official repository, depository, whatever, of the uh, – is, is it repository, depository? One is very bad, whatever. Um, uh, uh, Deirdre in New Jersey, hello. Thanks for taking my call. So I, I heard I, – you answered my question, but I think um, Mr. Penny is definitely a hero. For for I when you take the oath of military, I believe you're protecting to serve the country and the citizens of the United States of America. But I also thought, which you answered already, I thought you were military property, like you're not the property of your, you know, your your regular government. You are now subject to the military. Well, number one, he's ex-military. You got to remember that he left the Marine Corps. He's finished, so he's. Uh... He's a civilian like you and me. And uh, I don't know if they would actually say we're government property. I've never heard it put like that, you're government property. You still have rights, but you don't have as many rights as a civilian. We have something called the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and it's more onerous in certain respects than the civilian laws. But I think, anyway, this guy was no longer in the Marine Corps, former Marine. You could tell, I could tell, oh, by the way, by what he was wearing in his hair. It's just that was not that's not a guy on active duty. Maybe he's in the reserves. I don't know. But at 24, believe it or not, you could have had a successful career in the military. I think it's a three or four year commitment. If you go in at 18, you're done when you're 22, and then it's on with your life. Anyway, what else? Um, well, you know, I again, I think he was trying to serve the people on that uh, subway. So, I mean, if I was on that subway, I I would be like, okay, you know, somebody's got to do something. Because I used to go into New York all the time. I will not go anymore. I won't even go. No restaurants, no nothing, because I do fear the mental illness, you know, yeah. people out there. Hey, you and know? Uh, you know what's making it worse? This, this thing that we just adopted overnight, in large part thanks to Bill de Blasio and his dopey camera hog of a police commissioner, Bill Bratton. 
who, uh, you know, is like very much like those generals I was talking about, you know, loves power, loves status, loves prestige, will do anything to gain those things, including, well, bend over backwards to accommodate wacko nutjob politicians like Bill de Blasio and uh, uh, Bill Bratton. And it's in my book, oh, by the way, I got a big picture of this and I got a few paragraphs on old uh, Bill uh, who spent about. Four years in New York. Four years total in New York. The guy doesn't know New York. He's four years. Four years. He's from Boston. You can tell. Anyway, he's holding up a big dump bag of pot, and he says, this is how much pot you can carry in New York. What kind of message was that? I mean, that was a message to drug dealers come here. You know, marijuana can make you schizophrenic. I saw a study today, actually. It can make you schizophrenic. Anyway, Deirdre, thank you very much. Remain safe, and I don't blame you for avoiding the city for the time being at least. Uh, Thank you. Maybe we'll get a decent mayor out of all this, huh? That could happen. Who is this? Sal, S-A-U, Brooklyn? Do we cut his name off? Who are you? Hello, you're on the air. Greg? Yes. It's Stu, not Sal. I don't know. They misspelled your name here. Hi. The next ad you're going to hear. What? The Marines. The next ad you will hear, the Marines. The next the what food, I'm going to hear? The proud ad, advertisement. Okay, keep going. The Marines, the few, the proud, the transgendered, God <laughs> help us. Yeah. You're spot on about the uh, the current officer corps. Millie was never a combat veteran. Austin was never a combat veteran. The CNO, smartest boy in the class, Harvard education. Never heard the, an eight-inch go off. You know, the, the Scott Millers and the Wayne Dowleys and the Jack Keens, they got rid of the guys who had real combat experience and a CIB badge that they got not for being uh, near a battlefield or someone told them there was a fight. These guys were actually under fire. That's what the problem is. Well, that's Don't not – I, no, I mean, look, I agree with you. These guys are terrible, all right? It's more the culture. Uh I'm pretty sure Austin actually did do time in combat. Uh, that it's neither here nor there, though. I mean, we it would be I, no. He there's no way he wasn't in Afghanistan at some point or Iraq. It's impossible. I mean, uh, and we don't just decide. Well, you were sometimes it's the luck of the draw. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I, I was in, I was on active duty between 1991 and 2000. Guess what? We didn't have in that time war. <laughs> I, I missed all the wars. I was right after the Gulf War, right before the invasion of Iraq. But I did get to fly over Iraq, and technically that was a combat mission. Anyway, the most combat I ever saw was as a civilian when I was embedded as a correspondent with Fox News. That was pretty bloody intense and bloody. So uh, anyway, yeah, a lot of these guys are bums, but it's because of the culture, because of the, uh, you know, sir, yes, sir. You can take that to an extreme you know, it's become I re, anyway, it's a very faulty culture. We've lost it. We need a total overhaul. But I'm pretty sure that uh Lloyd Austin was in uh combat. I'll double check. Anything else on your mind, buddy? Yeah, at least the Navy was frugal. They only hired one the guy for the uh, digital uh thing. They didn't hire all of the uh, village people. Uh let's leave the village people out of it, okay? Those guys were great. I love those dudes. Hey, 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 look, man, I get seasick even looking at on the TV. Remember? <laughs> remember the In the Navy song? No, you don't remember. All right. It was a great song. And, of course, what's his name? Uh, they play it every day still at the Trump rallies, you know, the YMCA song. 
The village people were great. And oh, by the way, they weren't all gay. It's one of the reasons why they broke up. The lead singer, not gay. <laughs> and it's one of the things that really started to bother him. Hey, everybody thinks I'm gay. I'm not gay. It's true. You know that? Everyone's looking like I'm saying something awful. It's not awful. It's true. I talked to his wife once, and uh, it's a whole long story. Anyway, listen, i got to run. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Come true on the land or on the sea. Where can you learn to fly, play in sports and skin dive, study oceanography? Sign up for the big band, all sit in the grandstand when your team and others meet. All right, back when we kicked ass as a country. No picking on the village people. These were great guys. All right. <laughs> people love this song. Uh, all right. Keep playing it. Keep playing it. He's going to freak out when they tell him to join the Navy. Watch this. Watch this. This is great. Who me? Oh, shoot. I got to wait another verse or chorus or whatever it's called. They're signing up the semen fast. To join up today, but don't you worry about a thing. For I'm sure there will be always the good Navy protecting the air and sea. Hey, will there be a Navy for much longer? Who the hell knows? Here comes the recruitment push. This is funny. It's my favorite part of the song coming. It better be. Here we go. Who me? <laughs> he talks about it. Listen. But, but I'm afraid of water. I'm afraid of water. <laughs> I, I get sick. I love it. Oh my goodness. What am I going to do in a submarine? What am I going to do in a submarine? 
All right. That was fun. Aw. We could I wish I could be a DJ or something like that. That was Oh, that was so great. All right, the village people. Um I met the cowboy a couple of times. He's in town. Good dude. Um but the lead singer, yeah, they broke up and uh All right, hey, more on uh more on everything when I come back. Thank you. The Greg Kelly Show. I feel sick, absolutely sick about uh, what they did to Enrique Tarrio and the Proud Boys. First of all, totally maligned. These guys, believe me, they're not white supremacists at all. That is a big, fat media lie told time and time again. You say it enough times, people believe it, and it becomes a thing. These guys are victims. These guys are political prisoners now, uh, convicted of uh, seditious conspiracy. Now, what is that? Well, even the jury didn't know, okay? Uh, they wanted to overthrow the government. No, they did not. This was this is a violation, oh, by the way, of their Sixth Amendment rights. Trial by jury, trial by an impartial jury. That word is in the Constitution. It's in the Bill of Rights. It's got to be an impartial jury, and you can't get one in Washington, D.C. 95% of the people who live there are Democrats. And uh, actively so. And January 6th, you know, they portrayed it in local media down there. Oh, uh, Washington, D.C. was the victim. We were the victim of these white supremacists, insurrectionists. And Anyway, there's a little bit of a celebration yesterday on um, uh, the media. Let's see here. The conviction came in. Well, you've heard this a million times, right, about the Proud Boys, how tar- terrible they are, cut 28. The Proud Boys, a far-right neo-fascist group with a reputation for inciting violence. And the Southern Poverty Law Center has labeled them a hate group. It's Black Lives you Matter. You might remember the Proud Boys as one faction of a white supremacist threat that the former president was asked to condemn. That's Al Sharpton, all right. The Proud Boys are a hate group, right? And they're a symbol as well. The Proud Boys are people who consider them to be members of this group. Give voice to these misogynistic, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant views. They're a despicable group by pretty much anyone's standards. Anyone's standards. It's a White House correspondent. Anyone's. All of her girlfriends say the same thing. Oh, uh, uh, Jake just said so. You want to talk hate group? Look up Black Lives Matter. Look up Antifa. Uh, these guys. All these white supremacists. Enrique Tarrio. The guy's Afro-Cuban. Everything about it is a lie. Everything. But they had to get something. They knew all of their, all the January 6th charges were so kind of benign. They sounded like trespassing, parading. Uh, The most significant one was obstructing government proceedings, which happens every day, actually. (laughs) Every day. You got some lunatic uh, standing up with a sign, interrupting this hearing, that hearing. Happens all the time. But it's good and righteous when the left does it, right? Um. Here's Enrique Tarrio actually on my show. I don't have white supremacists on my show, oh, by the way, okay? White supremacists are stupid, ignorant, and foolish, and I think there are about three of them, and they're in the mountains somewhere, okay? And the rest are in prison. Okay, but... <laughs> um, and oh, by the way, for those misguided few who are out there, right? You, well, you, Unfortunately, in America, you, you, you... Well, not unfortunately. Look, you're free to be wrong. <laughs> you're free to be a jerk, Okay? You are. You got to have jerks for you to have good people. 
They're trying to outlaw all this stuff. It's getting really, really crazy and weird. And Antifa, that exists. It exists in reality. All right? They've got websites. They've got people. They have organization. They have plans. They've done things. Listen to federal law enforcement just blow it off. This is Christopher Ray. Oh, and they try to make such a big deal. This is a Trump appointee. Further evidence of the scam that they pulled on him, the sabotage. Poor guy, Donald Trump, shows up. For a moment, he was actually naive. He thought people would be working for the good of the country. He thought people would not be working to sabotage his very existence. The pre- and Christopher Ray was one of those, is one of those guys. At the soon-to-be uh, abolished FBI, because it can't, it can't be like this anymore. We have to pass a law. It has to be dismantled. It has to be rebranded. All new people, because right now it's Friends of Biden Incorporated. They've been sitting on dynamite evidence implicating Joe Biden for accepting bribes as vice president from foreign nationals, and he influenced policy. That is the allegation, and I believe it. Anyway, here's Christopher Wray uh, ex- making excuses for Antifa. This is the FBI making excuses for Antifa. Cut 30. We look at Antifa as more of an ideology or a movement than an organization. Well, that did an, a movement or an ideology uh, take over the courthouse in Portland or storm that Atlanta police training facility? Hmm. Or shut down huge swaths of Minneapolis, Seattle, and other cities. These coordinated attacks, right? That's just an idea. They're getting a pass because they're left, to the left. All right, here's Enrique Terrio on my show, August of 2021, cut 32. My grandfather fled the communist uh, country known as Cuba back in 1961 because uh, at the direct order of Che Guevara, two of my family members were put on their knees got their hands tied behind their backs, and uh, they were executed uh, by the Castro regime. And uh, they decided to come to this country. My grandfather was the first to come, with my dad being very, very young. And uh, I've been instilled with these conservative principles and loving this country and the constitution of this country. That's pretty beautiful. Now he's a political prisoner, this kid. He's a political prisoner. Can you imagine that? They came from Cuba. Now he's a political prisoner in this country. And this is what's happening. And he knows it. Cut 33. What they're going to do to them uh, in these cases, that is injustice. What ha- what's happening is injustice in this, this country. It's selective perse- uh, prosecution. Yep. And persecution, too. Persecution and prosecution. And if you're to the left, you can do whatever you want. You can burn down cities. You can riot. You can loot. Happened right here in New York. You know any people who are just those who were arrested? Their records have been wiped clean. Everything's fine. And by the way, whatever happened to those two lawyers who firebombed those police vehicles? There were two sets of them. A couple were uh, crazy transgender individuals. And I remember the judge apologizing for giving them a sentence, a very light sentence, though, by the way, that I think they were free to serve at home. They firebomb police vehicles. Firebomb them. Firebomb them like terrorists do. Did you see anything like that on January 6th, huh? Unbelievable. Oh, me it really does. Enrique Tario has a family, his mom. I had his mom on the show a while back. She knows what's going on here. It's horrible. But there's grounds for an appeal. And also Donald Trump 
has a damn good chance to be the next president of the United States, and I do believe he will correct these injustices. Now, Obama, the Obama, made an appearance yesterday. Who calls him the Obama? Where did I get that from? Uh, Monica Crowley. She's great. The Obama. Man, oh, man, he he's in this, like, lair. It looks like a total lair. He's got this, you know, he looks like a billionaire because he is one now. All right? He's the guy who has a life of leisure and money. Okay? It's, and you can you can see it. You can see it. And here he is lecturing everybody about uh, the dangers of misinformation. It's a dangerous game he's playing. Cut 34, please. Creating an information environment that reinforces rather than erodes our democracy. One in which truth matters. One in which we are able to distinguish between fact and opinion. One in which we're able to tell a common story and not just a bunch of separate stories that reinforce our biases and our prejudices. At first, listen, you may think, oh, well, what's that? those are all, you know, fine-sounding words strung together. It's What's the problem there? Who's going to determine that common story? They're trying to shove a common story down our throats right now that America is a white supremacist place, right? Um, who's going to determine, determine what's fact? Who's going to do that? And actually, decent people, good people on both sides can, and very smart people can have arguments about what is a fact. Oh, how can that be? How can that be? A fact is a fact is a fact. No, it's not. No, it's not. By the way, it was a fact that the coronavirus came from that bat in the la- – where is that? The, 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 the deli in downtown Wuhan, right? I call it a deli. I don't like saying wet market. It came from a delicatessen in downtown Wuhan. That was a fact. And if you said anything contrary to that, well, you are engaging in misinformation and disinformation. And you could be kicked out of uh, Facebook and Twitter. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that insane? It is totally insane. But I'm just talking about a regular, let's say a piece of information. Forget about something that's going to be proven. You know, I heard a million times that Donald Trump supported the war in Iraq. It's a fact. It's a fact. He said it to Howard Stern. And that's a fact. And these, these fact-checking sites, every time Donald Trump said, I didn't support the war in Iraq, they say, false. It is a fact that he supported the war. And they'll go to this Howard Stern interview. Well, it's not a, it, that's not a fact. Now, what is a fact? On October 9th of 2002, when Howard Stern said, should we invade Iraq? Donald Trump said the following. Yeah, I guess so. That's it. Yeah, I guess so. He actually stuttered. You don't hear Donald Trump stutter very often. Now, it's not a fact that he supported the war. It's a fact that he said, I guess so, before Congress had even authorized. He had not made up his mind at that point. And I have never heard that kind of hesitation from Trump. Almost about anything. That kind of ambivalence. Is it a fact that he supported the war? No. The fact is, he said the following words. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, back to the Obama. Cut 35. There are going to be moments in which it it feels like the only way to get attention is to try to engage in the sort of opinion journalism that 
gets people angry and riled up and resentful. Well, um, not that you'd ever do a thing like that, right? First of all, there are things to be angry about right now. And government and big tech, you guys should stay the hell out of it. Let the people figure out, okay? We know <laughs> we're good. We don't need your... And his, he has so much prestige and power, this guy, and money. He's moving the needle. This is an effort to suppress free speech. It totally, totally is. You hear what he said there? There are so many people trying to rile people up. You want to hear Barack Obama do the same damn thing? Here he is riling people up. This is 2009 when he lied about the police in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Remember when he, he said all this crap and he had to have the beer summit to apologize? Remember that? All right, real quick. Professor Gates, prestigious guy, happens to be black from Harvard University, came home to his house. He left his keys inside, so he goes in the window. A neighbor sees that, thinks for a moment that the house is being burglarized, calls the cops. The cops show up. There's an argument, and they detain uh, Professor Gates for a little while before letting him go. Uh, Obama knows none of the facts, and he doesn't, and he, and he acknowledges that, and he should have shut up right there. Instead, <laughs> instead he made uh, he made a petty matter, a global story. And set back race relations 40 years. Cut 36. I think it's fair to say, number one, any of us would be pretty angry. Number two, that the Cambridge police uh, acted stupidly in arresting somebody when there was already proof that they were in their own home. And number three, what I think we know separate and apart from this incident is that... uh, There is a long history in this country of African-Americans and Latinos uh, being stopped by law enforcement disproportionately. And that's just a fact. That's just a fact. And he left it at that. That was was said to rile people up, to get them upset. And that is just a fact, oh, by the way. It's a fact that blacks and Latinos are stopped disproportionately. But he left out the next part. And a leader would have said it. Especially a leader like him. He could have said it. Now it's left to me, a Greg Kelly on Newsmax. I mean, I actually thought Barack Obama was that guy who was going to fix all this. But he didn't. And what he didn't say is that blacks and Hispanics disproportionately commit the crime. They commit a disproportionately high uh, percentage of crime compared to other groups. That's a fact, too. That's why they're stopped disproportionately, because they commit more crime. But he left that out. He left that out because uh, he was he was in it for himself. He was in it in the end. He was just about himself. What a shame. What a scammer. What a bad guy. Sorry. Sorry. What do you think, huh? Let me take one real quick. Uh, where is Warren? Huh? Uh, never mind. Warren, you stand by. I'll get back to you. Uh, let me go to uh, Josie in Staten Island. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good. I love your grunts. Keep them up. My who? <laughs> your grunts. When you grunt, I love it. I grunt? When you, yeah, when you get angry, when you grunt. Yes. Yeah, well, kind I, of, I want to talk about to have is hush money from Biden. He left the equipment there because they said, if you don't, we're going to squeal on you. 
Hey, listen, I think you're right. I think you're right. I really do. I think it's that simple. He's got the hush money. Oh, by the, uh, they, uh, yes, I do. I do. That's what, that's why he let the damn balloon go all the way across the country. Cause he's compromised. They've got evidence on him and he's frayed. He's owned by the Chinese. Squeal on me. We squeal on you. Yep. 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 I don't know if my mind thinks like yours, but I've been listening to all these programs and nobody says that. And it's out there as clear as daylight. Well, you should watch my Newsmax show. I was saying that a year and a half ago. I mean, it's, it is clear as daylight and I don't stay away from it. And uh, it's damn true. It's, it's uh, you can see it from outer space, as they say. Josie, thank you very much. I got to take a quick break. Uh, Warren, don't go. And uh, thank you. Bye bye. Greg Kelly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Yes. Hey, do you know this E. Jean Carroll thing? Ooh, I got the deposition video right here. The full video. The full video of Donald Trump's testimony. Uh, this should be good. Um, You know, he's on trial. And what is he on trial for? What is he being accused of? You know, it's not a did he or didn't he uh, uh, assault her, which she, he did not. It's a ludicrous allegation. I'm realizing that the allegation is he defamed her when he denied the charges, when he made fun of her, when he said it was a hoax. That was somehow defamatory. And this trial gets uh, this trial. This would that would seem to be a violation of his First Amendment rights. You know, when you say First Amendment, most people say uh, freedom of the press. Well, freedom of the press, just like the press, just like the press to make it all about themselves is like the third thing that's mentioned in the First Amendment. It's uh, the government will establish no religion or restrictions on practicing religion. Uh, The government will not abridge freedom of speech. And then comes the press. And then comes you can peaceably assemble or petition to redress uh, grievances. It's a beautiful thing, our Constitution, uh, totally warped and exploited and put to bad use by Oh, the music's done. I'll be right back. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. So they just put out a big 
video deposition from Donald Trump, um, the deposition that he gave in this uh, crazy case, this nut job, E. Jean Carroll, who thinks rape is sexy. And she has fantasies about it. Uh, yeah, she said that out loud. She said it on tele- she said it on CNN. Oh, by the way, all right. She's a total flea bag nut. And um, Donald Trump is being sued. My gosh, unbelievable by her. And the indignity of having to answer these questions. I got to tell you, he's like a sport. But I really, I don't know. Should I play it for you? I want to play a little bit. Um, do you want to play him from there? Or do you want to play? I got the. I got the part. I'm gonna, does it matter? I don't want to play it from the top, top here. Listen to this for a moment, okay? It's, uh, uh, here we go. I mean, these questions are ludicrous. And oh, by the way, the lawyer can look them up. This is E. Jean Carroll's lawyer. And they're just having fun. This is basically, this is presidential harassment, all right? They're, ooh, look at this. We, he, he's got to answer my questions. And she goes home and tells uh, her boyfriend, her girlfriend, whatever, her family, this, that, and the other thing. I got to ask Trump all these uh uh, personal questions. Here we go. What about um, Roger Ailes? When did you become friends with Rod- Roger? Later. Approximately? During the, more in the uh, seven, eight year ago period. Uh, what years were you married to um, your first wife, Ivana Trump? So, uh, about 78 to. The early 90s. Your um, your next wife was a woman by the name of Marla Maples. Right. And um, sitting here today, do you recall what years you were married to Ms. Maples? Um, I'd have to get the exact dates for you. I can do that very easily. In the course of your dating life and your married life, did you have occasion... Uh, to buy gifts for women you were seeing? Not much, actually. Well, um... I mean, if it was a birthday or something, I guess, yeah. And other than birthday presents, did you buy gifts for women you were dating? And it goes on like this. And it goes on like this. Wow. You know, I wonder every now and then, does he regret it? Does he regret getting into this game? But I don't think he does. I don't think so. But uh, to be dragged through and asking these questions, and they're just, this has gotcha. Oh, oh. See, you don't even remember the year, huh? You don't remember the year. You know, important big things happen in my life. I remember the year. I remember the year, and I remember the date. I even remember the hour. Okay. So uh, E. Jean Carroll alleges that she was uh, assaulted by Donald Trump, one of the most famous men in the world, and she can't figure out if it's in 1995 or 1996. You know, we've all gone through trauma, all right, especially when it involves other people. You don't think we know the date? I was in a plane crash June 29th, 1999 at 1230 in the afternoon. Uh, Never going to get that, okay? Uh how can and even Carol Martin, who I used to like on TV, can't even Kevin even fill in the blanks. And since when did the girlfriend uh, become evidence? Oh, I chatted with my I humble bragged, humble bragging. I told my girlfriend exactly what happened. You know, in any story I've ever told any of my friends about anything that happened in my life, usually I'm the hero. I'm the good guy. All right, my boss is a jerk. Uh, 
that person's a jerk. Uh, nobody, you know, I'm the I'm the best one. When we tell our friends, isn't that true? When we complain, when we talk to our friends about work, aren't we always the good guy, right? Aren't we always the best one, right? So when E. Jean Carroll tells the story, isn't she always the hero and and and, and or or the victim, and everybody else is a is a maniac? I mean, that's kind of it's a little bit human nature. I don't know. I just I, I I hate seeing him in this position. Don't you, Susan? Hell, uh, never mind. Well, hold on a second, Susan. Sandra in New Jersey. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Greg. Hi. Hello, Greg. I'm broken heart. I'm broken hearted when I hear this about poor Trump when he has to go through. You, I'm broken hearted. But I wanted to tell you something a little bit off topic today. But before I do, I wanted to take make All two right, comments. You got to just no. You can't say you can't. Take me on this kind of, Sandra, I love you, but you can't map it all out for me. I want to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to make two other comments. So you just have a conversation with me, all right? So what's on your mind? That's what I want to do. You mentioned the word white cat. You you mentioned the word white castle today. You know how I reacted? I couldn't believe it. I said, oh, my God, that that name is going to be gone soon, white castle. That was the reaction I had. And then um, about uh, the U.S. Navy and Bud Light. Their approach is the same. It's all about me. And then, you know, you were talking about earlier, we need a team, and that's about we. So I was just thinking about those things. But what I wanted to talk about was a Meghan Markle. You know, she left England because she couldn't handle all the bad press. I think she's getting it worse over here because I read today that, um, you know, the Queen of England said – something about her that was not, you know, she said that she, she said she was evil. evil. Look, let me tell you why Megan, yeah. this is why Megan Markle left the UK. All right. She gets over there and she realizes, wait a second. These people are nearly as rich as I thought they were. Okay. Uh, they have to borrow stuff all the time. They're always borrowing things. Why do you think Prince Andrew was hanging around with Jeffrey Epstein? Okay. For his plane, for his stuff, they have to borrow. They're not actually rich. They don't have liquid. They can't live like, they can't live like kings, believe it or not. They don't have that. It's not that kind of deal. Number one, that really set her off. She was taken aback. Number two, Kate. She couldn't stand that she wasn't the top. Uh, you know, the the, the top draw. Right. That Kate. She had to play right. second fiddle to Kate. So uh, that was. And then she turns her uh, husband against everybody, and it's a bed. And then he rationalizes that. Well, I need. I have to provide for my family. So. What do, what do I have? All I have is all I have is my story, and I will tell my story. And he tells this silly story, and what do people want to hear about? Dirt on the uh, royals, and he rationalizes that I have to have king, I have to have security for Archie and whoever the other one is called. Uh, so he dishes all and gets a lot of money for it, and um, that's it. That's uh, that. That's it. That's what happened. That's what's going on. Sandra, I thank you again. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Um, it is terrible that he's got to go through all this stuff, isn't it? It's just our president. Hey, Eric Adams getting dumber and dumber. Um, listen to this. I mean, what is going on? This is the mayor of New York City, everybody. Cut 37, please. Cut 37. And now I'm elected to be the mayor of the most powerful city in the country. You walk differently. Yeah. You know, you walk, you know, you got this. <laughs> wow. That's good, man. That's good. He gets up and he's walking back and forth. He's like trying to moonwalk or something like that. This is called high on your own supply. The first thing is a boast. Again, real quick, 37. 
And now I'm elected to be the mayor of the most powerful city in the country. He can't believe it. You Neither can we. Yeah. You know, you walk, you know, you got this. Yeah, you got your strut. Yeah, I know. I know. Clown. You're lucky that suit fits. That's all you got going for you. Stop. Yeah, this is the guy really. I mean, really, he can't believe it. It's like he won the lottery. I can't believe it either, to be honest. City of uh, this scope elected this bum. And why did why did he get elected or how did he get elected? Remember, Election Day was on the last day of school in June. That's when they had the Democrat primary. He was the black guy with name recognition. Oh, wait a second. It was about his law enforcement credentials. No, it wasn't. No, it was not at all. And oh, by the way, he has no law enforcement credentials. This is what he thinks of cops. Cut 38, please. Cut 38. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable. I was unbelievable, Ewick. Yeah, right, huh? You kicked those crackers' ass, huh? You racist. Horrible, horrible language. And now he's got real power. It doesn't have a clue. Does not have a clue about how to use it. About the levers of power. And there are people out there who are maestros at this stuff. Maestros. Rudy Giuliani, Bloomberg, Ray Kelly, all right? If you want to get things done, it's not just popping up on TV and being ignorant. And here he is being ignorant on television. Eric Adams, as you know, has been blaming racism. He's calling it racism that Governor Abbott has been sending all of the migrants to cities with black mayors. Huh. You really? That's a pretty big charge. They're deliberately targeting cities with black mayors, huh? Eric Adams. Yeah, you go on the CNN show and you push that? Watch this. Cut 39. What I'm making clear of the fact, not based on my opinion, he sent them to New York City, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Denver, but also all Philadelphia, of, which has a white mayor. All of the, all of the, I have not received any reports from Philadelphia. I believe that he sent them to black cities. I mean, mayors where black mayors are. <laughs> I have not received any reports from Philadelphia. Well, let's go through Philadelphia. It's the fourth largest city in the country. They have received thousands of migrants from Texas and other places. And yes, there is a white mayor there. His name is Kinney. And he's a white mayor. You have not done the research. You don't know. It's only, uh, what, 80 miles from New York. (laughs) I have not. I am here to tell a story, okay, of uh, systemic racism. And that's that that thought did not. No, it doesn't belong in his story. It's a story. And those who say I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. What a disgrace, huh? Isn't that a total and complete? Hey, how is Espo doing? Chief Esposito. Joe Esposito, retired four-star chief, New York City Police Department. He ran OEM, the Office of Emergency Management. Did you hear? Uh, wasn't feeling too good. And uh, he started slurring his words, and everybody was worried. They brought him to the hospital, and they're like, he has a brain tumor. Yikes. And they took it out, and uh, I guess they're doing a biopsy, or they took a part of it out, and they're, they're trying to evaluate what to do next. Chief Esposito, one of the great ones. Truly great, great law enforcement professional, great New Yorker, and uh, we're pulling for him, okay? We're pulling for Chief Esposito, and as Barbara told me yesterday, it's a national day of prayer, well, yesterday, but every day should be a day of prayer, and and we should think about all these things, right? What we're grateful for, and, uh, you know, God likes, uh, God likes performing miracles, right? I don't know, maybe... Hey, Warren is in Bergen County. Hello. 
Hey, Greg, thanks for taking my call. I love your show. You're the man. A um, couple, few things. Thank you for uh, turning me on to the Bible. I've had it in my life, but um, each morning I get up, I read it, and it gives me faith, and I think of you, and I uh, wonder how you can get through with such a difficult job and everything you do. I'm so pleased uh, to hear that. The Charles Stanley edition, you have that one? I have a few. Yes, I have that one. Uh, it's, um, a, it's amazing. I, it's uh, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, tell me. I mean, tell me a little bit more. Uh, uh, it gives me. It just gives me hope and uh, you know courage and uh, faith. And um, yeah, it's just funny how God works in funny ways. I uh, was looking through. Um, an old drawer and i found um a bookmark that's uh psalm 23 and that day i'm like i should read my bible more so i started reading it and i opened to the psalms and i just happened to finish right on psalm 23 i said i'll read a few more pages and uh that's where i ended and it was just it was it was it was really kind of like miraculous that like wow it just ended there and i wasn't looking for it well wait a second though what was what was uh what was so special about Psalm 23? Uh, just that I found a bookmark that had Psalm 23 on it, not in my Bible, in another drawer. And then I picked up the Bible and started reading. And when, when I wound up ending where I was reading, it just happened to be on Psalm 23. Isn't that am- That is amazing. That is beautiful, yeah. right? That happens. Yeah, it was great. That ha- it I love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, wow. And, I mean, and, and I told my, I told my wife, I told my sister that day and they were just like, wow. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, so, um, to- isn't we? I, I do. I think that that's that's the, these little reminders from God that this is not just this is not just some book. This is the book of God. This is real. I'll tell you real quick. One day, I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know what I should read in the Bible. And you know, sometimes you're like that, right? And I'm going through it, and I'm like all over the place, and I'm like, I start reading something, and I, I don't know if I should be reading that. Then I, and then finally, I said, you know what I need here? I need a little help. I need. Uh, let me go to. Let me go to a podcast of Charles Stanley, and I turn it on, and he starts speaking, and it's his sermon. And then he he said something, and I don't remember. He said, I'd like you all now to open your Bibles to Matthew 24. And I open up my Bible, and there it is, Matthew. I mean, I didn't open up my Bible. It was there, open, and it was Matthew 24. I just love it. I mean, I love it. It's like God's—and God has a sense of humor. It's a wonderful thing. Anyway, Warren, uh, thank you. What else? couple of things. Um, I think Trump should use for his campaign slogan. I think uh, his commercial should be uh, Joe Biden saying uh, we must reelect Donald Trump. I think that would be perfect. And oh, that's right. That he's on tape saying that. Yeah. In a, in a rally in Missouri. Yep. Where he's fumbling and stuttering because, oh, we must we must reelect Trump. It's perfect. Yeah, it is good. The other thing, my wife was saying how uh, you were talking about Fritos and Doritos earlier, and I'm a Frito addict myself, although I know how bad they are for you, and I have been avoiding them. But my wife has lost a bunch of weight eating popcorn, and uh, she loves it. She makes it each day. She uses uh, coconut oil and the special salt, and it's delicious, and she swears by it. And she says, oh, it's really good for you, the fiber. And, uh, yeah, I want to send you a popcorn maker with the, with, uh, the goods. Oh, thanks, man. You don't have to go to that trouble. I, I mean, uh, thank you very much. Popcorn is, uh, you know who lost a lot of weight eating popcorn? Uh, the guy who played Carlo in The Godfather. You know, he wasn't an actor. Uh, you know, Carlo, hello, Carlo, uh, Gianni Russo. And, uh, he had to lose some weight for the, 
for the role. And he ate nothing from like popcorn for about 40 days and he lost all the weight. Anyway, pal, thank you very much and uh, good stuff. Okay, thanks. Best to the wife. You got to run for mayor. All right, I'll think about it. Thank you, Warren. Oop, I'm out of time. I'll be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, whatever happened to those silly rockets that Jeff Bezos was shooting off every uh, 20 minutes? Remember, he would take... uh, he would take various celebrities on board, Captain Kirk, Michael Strahan. It was such a fake. Oh, by the way, it didn't go very high at all. If you notice, they weren't wearing space helmets. They weren't wearing space helmets because they weren't in space. A bit of a scam. A bit of a scam. Uh, and uh, you know what? I got to figure out. Uh, I'm serious about this. I'm reevaluating all of my purchases. I, uh, You know, it was a wave for a while. We were very angry at these woke companies. And uh, they're all woke. They're all terrible. And why the hell am I giving them my business? I'm not calling for a boycott. That's different from what I'm talking about. I just want to like, like I said, I don't need Fritos. Why would I eat Fritos? And here's another incentive to not eat Fritos. They're all about Black Lives Matter and woke junk. Uh, Same goes for almost every company out there. Now, I do love my iPhone. I kind of need my iPhone. Uh, and I need to fly every now and then, and a lot of the airlines are woke, so I can't do it across the board. I can't. I mean, I'm not going to live in a cabin, but where I can and certainly where it's beneficial to me, I'm not going to engage in that stuff. I'm not going to I'm not gonna buy their, uh, their, their items. Neither should you. Well, I don't want to call for anything. Everybody gets very touchy when, uh, when I do that. All right, I got to go across the street. I got to go to the Newsmax show. It was a, it was an intense week, uh, a good week. I hope you're doing well. I hope you will join tonight, uh, Barbara. You asked about this, the memorization of the of the Bill of Rights. I will do it tonight, and I'll show everybody how they can do it as well. It's not hard, actually. It's well, it's tricky, but it's not even tricky. It's just you got to learn something. It's the memory book. I already did this with you. Harry Lorraine, the memory guy. He's an amazing, amazing guy. I got to do these calls very quickly. Christine, hi. Hi, Greg. Happy Friday. Uh, I've had quite enough of the military and everything else going woke. You know, uh, I'm one of the many LGBT people that are sick and tired of this woke uh, movement being shoved down everyone's throats and it's got to stop. Well, I love it, and I totally agree, Christine. And you are a brave patriot. I thank you again. Robert in Suffolk. Greg, Detective Troy Peterson died after 33 years in a coma. He was shot in a driveway robbery at his own home by three thugs. They're out there, man. Yeah, well, I know about this case. It's amazing. I know he died, and then they killed him 30 years later. Um but it's not like they're on the loose. I mean, they were already prosecuted. I think they were under-prosecuted because they all did their time and they're out now. Uh, but I read the story in the paper. They couldn't even track him down. They had no idea. They talked to the killer's mother, and they were like, and the mother said, oh, we thought he died uh, 20 years ago. So uh, not a whole lot of heart there. But, uh, Robert, thank you. I, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. But what is the officer's name again? 
Detective Troy Peterson. Troy Peterson. Troy Peterson. Detective Troy Peterson. Rest in peace. Thank you, Robert. Uh, Jason in Oklahoma City. Yes, uh, Greg. You know, I didn't know until recently I heard on your show now that uh, Biden was uh, saying we've got to elect Trump. Well, I have a good idea what we should do. I hear you, Jason. Sorry I didn't have more time. I'll see you guys uh, next week and tonight at 10 on Newsmax.